0: Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and um, welcome to Cloud and Blue, the Aston Villa podcast from Birmingham Live. Um, we've got the dream team back together uh, by popular demand. Uh, <laughs> Matt Kendrick joined by our Aston Villa writer Ashley Priest. Um, I bet you slept well last night, Ash, didn't you? It was you know such a boring, boring game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh God, my mum turned up this morning with a uh, chocolate, chocolate concrete. She went to me at the door, she, she don't talk about football, she went, oh bloody, I got some stuff to write about from last night, in you? I went, oh yeah, just a bit. So yeah, very eventful, even my mum's talking about it, so uh, something must have happened, but yeah, loads to chat through, mate, and um, it was mainly the first half, wasn't it? What was the view from the stands like? Uh, well, actually, can I just, what, what's chocolate concrete? You no, know chocolate concrete it is. I'll get it out of the box. Here. People know what chocolate
0: concrete is, surely. The cake you have at school. Huh? Turn it around the other way. Oh, I ain't seen that before, mate. Is that is that, um, is that a great bar thing? Chocolate concrete. People will know that in the comments. All oh, die. Oh, it's interesting. You have, to, um, you have so, to send me some of that through the post, mate. I mean,
1: you used
0: um, to have me at school? but yeah. I'm on me, me, um, me stimming Mimwald, anyway, mate. So I'll only be able to have a little, um, a little dollop <laughs> of it. What was it like? Yeah, it was just. It probably this. well same, same. I only sit about. Twenty yards from you, thirty yards up in the press, up in the the top of the Trinity. Yeah, it was that. It's the yearning for a kind of ninety-minute performance again from from Aston Villa. For me, it was you know you, when when you saw Villa Villa roaring back with those three brilliant goals. I, my, my first thought was, why do we have to give people a goal start to to really start to play? Mm. Um, but it was just it, it epitomised, encapsulated Aston Villa through my lifetime, I suppose, um, certainly this season in terms of just so capable of moments of brilliance from time to time, but so capable of undermining it by by, by shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose we can, we can, uh, don't, don't want us to, to go through, go through the team, team player by player, but how do you want to tackle it, Ash? Do you want to go through through the, through the good bits first or the bad bits?
1: Uh, good to bad then Obviously For me Obviously Ramsey and Coutinho Were the ones At the mat uh, Bit of a great Barrio Rio de Janeiro Link up Which is quite, quite good And yeah They're really getting on Even McGint afterwards In his post-match The pair of them Are really striking A, a real relationship With Bollemarie for training They're really linking up Really well And obviously Gerard waxed Lyrical about Ramsey Last night And I can't stop watching The little haul up Really on Twitter Of Coutinho just, it's just Even the music And just The way he's strutting his stuff Not making people He's getting back on song now even Gerard said, is not 100% yet either. So he's still building him up, which is quite a scary prospect. And seen some fans last night saying, so you pay the 30, 33 million quid now, get him in. What a player. And he's crazy on our books, to be fair. But in terms of the bads, I think Villa got dragged into a bit of a firefight with Leeds, uh, a bit of a slinging match. And there's no control. Villa got dragged out of positions. And they're the, the, the going up. They the played like a lead style. I think Gerard said that does to me as well. So they fell into that trap. and defensively not good enough, was it, really? Um, so, Toro Mings for you, Matt. I mean, gets a lot of flack, doesn't he? I mean, last night, what you feel is of him and Kampson and the back four in general, really?
0: I think... I mean, I've been a big, big defender of, of Mings, um, you know, since he's been at the club and, and the journey that, he, that he's been on. Mm. I think last night he had a stinker, didn't he? Um, you know, it was... I've not seen, it's strange because we know he's a big, strong, strapping centre-half, brave, courageous, you know, a, a big vocal leader. So uh, when he plays against a big, strong centre-forward, you know, you, you back him in those circumstances, but the way that, that, that Dan James yeah. was able to get between the lines last night between, you know, either between uh, Dean and Mings or between De- between Mings and concert, I just thought it was it was even the occasions that didn't lead to goals that just just thought he was able to, to to find too much space and I don't think either of the centre halves covered themselves himself in, in glory last night. Um, you know the, the the equaliser or the the third goal. Um, it was just it, again that 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 encapsulated Toro Mings for me because in the previous ninety seconds he'd done a goal line block and clearance mm-hmm. he'd done a brave header to to get the ball clear from, you know, in the six-yard box. And then he goes and manages to undo it all with, you know, this probably sounds a little bit harsh on on, on my daughters. My daughter's um, under 12, but the kind of clearance that, <laughs> you know, goes, what, four, four yards, five yards and just invites invites your man to, to smack it in the back of the net. And if it had been that in isolation, you could have said that the, the, the Ming good outweighed the bad. Last night, but there was, you know, sloppy for sloppy for the first goal. You know, I don't. For the second goal, I think the the inquest needs to start on how the cross cross got in, as well mm. as well as the ones who who, you know, as well as Dan James being able to get a header in from under the crossbar. So I don't think that's solely on Mings, but it's not good enough. Um, and I think this is not me saying Mings needs to go and needs needs to be upgraded over the summer, but the level of performance needs to be upgraded because i think you know the way villa have defended this season uh, at a time when last season a lot of the success if you like was was, was founded on a, on a solid back four it's good enough if you want to be mid table as we're finding because villa are mid table it's not good enough if you want to be anything above that if you want to be a top six side you want to be back in europe you can't you can't get back into games like that and then give the opposition uh, the the lifelines that Villa did.
1: Mm, yeah, consistency. It's quite ironic in the build up to Leeds yesterday. Mings was asked about when he was last dropped uh, against West Ham and he had to reevaluate himself, go back to basics, and I think he'll have to do that again. And I wouldn't leave him out for Newcastle at the weekend. I don't know how you feel about that. would be a bit of an atmosphere up there. I think we'll need Mings to hopefully silence his doubters again. We keep saying, it, don't we, after a few results uh, performances, that Mings need to come back strong now. And I don't know whether. Gerard will shake things up, but I think Mings needs to come back on song now and put, put in a few consistent performances. and Yeah, he won't have a concert next to him, so that'll be an interesting dynamic up and challenging concert, banned for two games now. Actually, i seen him afterwards, and he's getting into a taxi concert. I, went, I wasn't sure on the rules regarding the two red cards and is he two-game banned? I went, I went are you banned for two or one game? He had two games. And he had the face like Thunder as well, so he weren't happy afterwards. So I think it'd be Callum Chambers on Sunday, and I think Gerard would probably stick with Ming, So interesting um I yeah think but, just
0: but, just on conzerash yeah you no know, and the the ref, the ref got a bit of stick from from Villa Park last night and um what was his name something Gillette ja- Jared Jared Gillette Jared Gillette Australianese um yeah I mean and I I, I only got a, a sitting high in the the Trinity couldn't quite see what Conza had done for the for the second yellow. Uh, I knew he'd gone gone towards the goalie and kind of interfered with the goalie a little bit, but it's stupid, isn't it? When yep. you're on a yellow, you know he's only got he's only got himself to blame. And you know, we there's lots of people who are happy to to dig out Tyrone Mings. And I do think Tyrone Mings let Villa down with with some of his mistakes last night. But I think Ezri Conza let Villa down as well um by by that act of stupidity that got him sent off, because rather than Villa trying to have a new, new lease of life and, and forcing that game and trying to go on and win it, ended up having to back to the wall eight, eight minutes of stoppage mm. time defending. So I don't think I don't think either of the centre halves covered covered themselves in in glory last night. But again, we mentioned earlier that Villa weren't able to establish a foothold of control in that game, and it became a bit of a kind of the. You know, Yep. Yorkshire Leeds versus versus Bromley Leeds last night in the way that, that the game was so open I right, I've got I don't know if you can hear drilling but I'm not, I've got somebody sorting me a bathroom window out <laughs> um what was going to say so in terms of because I don't don't need to go through every single player every single department but midfield was was an issue for me as well last night I've seen a lot of people being critical of John McGinn. I think John McGinn was quiet but equally I don't know. Maybe I'm being being too 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 defensive of John McGinn. I thought he, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he worked hard defensively without being able to really influence the game. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you thought of him. I thought, I thought McGinn and Douglas Luiz were weren't great. I no. thought further forward, we spoke, we'll spoke about Ramsey in more detail, but I thought Ramsey, Coutinho, Wendtirin in patches, Watkins, bits and pieces, were better. But I thought, I thought McGinn and, and, and Douglas Louise didn't didn't allow Villa to get the foothold, really, perhaps yeah. that they, they they're need, they're needed.
1: Yeah, both of them were, were anonymous for me as well. I said that in my player ratings. didn't really see them affect the game. I mean, McGinn started quite well. A couple of nice lofty passes up to Matty Matt Cash who got forward. Matty Cash getting a six last night was good for him. But yeah, Douglas Louise didn't really do it for me. I think he got he got sucked into pressing in, in needless areas and that, that, that opened up the gaps for Leeds to exploit and McGinn was do, doing his job defensively and wanting to affect games, but I think Ramsey and Katina did that in the first half and I think they just ran out of gas in the second. And yeah, um, what one your take on Ramsey, Matt, from, from the supporter point of view? Did you see this this explosion of promise happening in terms of Ramsey and what you make of him? You, you like a goal-scoring midfielder, don't you? I mean, David Platt one of your favourites and he, he's certainly one of them, isn't he?
0: I think he's brilliant. I think I tweeted last night that, you know, we've got a kind of a a one of our own size gap in our heart with what happened with Grealish yeah. leaving um last summer. I didn't think that Ramsey could fill it as spectacularly as he has. I didn't, you know I've, I've, these, these people who have probably viewed his rise through through the the academy, through the youth teams, more closely than, than than I have. From the first couple of glimpses that I saw of him, I didn't know that he was capable of being this player. I, I think a massive amount of um, respect and credit is due to Dean Smith for promoting Ramsey to becoming a first team regular um, at the expense of you know you know Conor Houran. I know we, we've had our debate over over the Huron was a Premier League player and. You know, on evidence, probably not. But at the time, it was a big call for Dean Smith to send hand out out on loan and to to have faith in, in in Jacob Ramsey. That has given Ramsey the the confidence encouragement to to believe that he does belong at this level. And then working with working with Stephen Gerrard and working alongside players like Coutinho has just made him, like you said, explode to a completely different level. And I thought he was, you know. It was beyond the goals last night. I mean, talk about the goals first of all. The the, the turn and, and and pass for um from, from Coutinho, I thought Ramsey probably taken to one touch too many, but still managed to compose himself and slot it in, even though he got a lot of thinking time. And then that that second goal as well, the weight of pass from Coutinho. Lots of players would have played that either behind. Behind him, or it was just—it was just, just saying—it was just so inviting. Just saying, right? Don't break your stride. Yeah. Here you go. This is a, here's a goal on a plate for you. And when Ramsey smashed that—that that, or guided that top corner as well, the quality of his finishing. All of his goals this season have been really, really brilliant finishes. Uh, just wish we'd see a few more of them in wins. I think it's yeah. only the, the win at Norwich. I think all yeah. of his other goals have come in draws or. um Draws or, or the defeat at Arsenal, obviously. But even beyond that, he's he's so brave on the ball. You know, he's a leader at the age of twenty. At the age 20. of twenty, he's a leader to to want to take the ball in in difficult areas, to almost try and change the momentum of games by running with the ball when he when he needs to. He he plays it simple when he needs to. He makes himself available, he gets about the pitch. He can tackle. You know, I, I don't want to speak about him too much because we, you know, we. I think was it somebody from from social media was saying Rio Ferdinand was already talking him into a uh, into a move away from us. <laughs> you know, twenty games into his, his his Villa career, and I just think it's frightening the potential that he's got. And I do love a goal scoring midfielder, David Platt, Ian Taylor, James Milner for a little while. You know, Conor Harahan. I think he's got the, he, and I don't like say. I didn't. I didn't see it at first, and that's maybe me not not paying a close enough attention to to the guy. But I think he's got all the ingredients to be an absolutely fantastic footballer. And if we're thinking he's six or seven years away from his prime, Craigie, we're going to enjoy seeing him get there, aren't we? Um, yeah. So yeah, got nothing but nothing but admiration for the lad. Um, he's living the dream on Abbey off isn't he? Um, he is. Yeah. 100%. So. Yeah, brilliant. And. Just just on, on Coutinho as well. And I don't know. I, I think I probably thought it was a little bit of a play to the galleries signing, which okay. I still think it is to a degree, but I'm very much of the um the old school um how can I put it, you know, worth the entrance fee alone type thing. Mm-hmm. And some of the things some of the things that he was doing, like you say the the little who, who was it you said he, he nutmegged near the near the touchline. And, you, you, it, you know, the opposition player just was he was he Eileen again? Yeah, you tweeted, didn't you? That you nutmegged daily, just kind of had a little smirk to say, Well, he did you? Yeah. I'm on the pitch, I'm sharing a pitch with brilliant. Sometimes you just have to kind of nod, nod, and, and bow down to that. But there's a few little things like little kind of little drag backs and rolls, little passes around the corner that flicks the, the finish is gold. I don't think he could have put it. I don't think he could have signposted posted it any better than he did just to creep that. Out. That was the only bit of goal, uh, the only little bit of the the goal where he could have got it in, managed to squeeze it in, you know, with a uh, you know, on the turn to do that was, was brilliant. And like I said, the the weight of passing. I mean that that's that frustrates me sometimes about Villa, that sometimes the, the build-up can be a little bit slow and methodical just because a pass is played you know, a foot behind somebody rather than in the space that they need to run onto. But it was like, he got it up, got the ball on a string the way he was just, just playing, playing balls so delicately, delicately and, and and, and so cleverly into people's past paths. So, you know, it's just, it's just a joy to watch. And at three, one up, I thought we were going to go and win it kind of five, four, four, four <laughs> five, six, one, to be honest. But, well, I thought that I don't know. Should, should, should have, I should have a, a level of cynicism that, that, that's built in me to know that know that, Villa don't do things as easily as that.
1: No, you should know better, Matt, all day. Yeah, I thought well, Coutinho's finished. He didn't even look up as well. I didn't even look up, knew where the goal was. And Gerard said after his ride, he put it right right in the corner by the post. And um, that's what elite level performers can do. And I just wonder now, how, how, I mean, was it two assists, two goals in his three games? Just, just daft. I just wonder can he really kick on now? And if, if there's, can Villa pull off a, that deal in the summer? We'll have to wait and see. And what, yeah.
0: what is there, what's your is of understanding that Ash is it? Villa have got first refusal on it. You know, if, if there's a, if there's a deal there to be had, Villa are front of the queue. Is that is that what you understand to be the case? Or?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yeah. the, the fee that's been banded around, reporting Spain thirty three million quid. What is he now twenty eight, twenty nine? Um, I think Barcelona spent some money as well. So. We're probably getting ahead of ourselves at the moment and, and whatnot, but I don't know. I'm, int- I'm intrigued to see how he's well, according to Gerard, he's settling in really well. He's enjoying his football again, he's smiling, he's playing. You've seen that in his, in his plays, he really shut his stuff out there. So, I'm intrigued to see how, how the next 15 games go and see if Villa can time down in the summer. So, I have to watch his space regarding that, but more of the same, please, Philip. Unreal to watch.
0: What was, um, what was the deal with the injury updates from, from Coutinho and Buende? Did Coutinho pull a muscle or something slightly when he had, had that effort on goal? Or
1: Yeah, yeah, had a curly, didn't he? But I asked Gerard about that yesterday. He's a bit of cramp, really. He had a cramp in a few areas. Um, he played a lot of football, of have like Coutinho, in, in a short window after going a long time without playing regularly. So, I think 200 minutes in his legs over the last two and a half weeks playing for Brazil. Played against Molder last week as well. So he played a lot of football lately with Villa building him up. So he should be fine for Newcastle, Coutinho. Just a bit of cramp in a few areas. As for Buendia, it's took, took a whack. He had a hip problem previously. Um, so I'm wondering if he's, he's got a bruised hip again. I'm not sure. But Gerard hoping it's just an impact injury and a whack. And hopefully a couple of days rest now. And hopefully Buendia is back for, for Sunday as well. So there's a couple of days to go. I think Coutinho will be there. all depends how, how Buendia is. Over the next coming days, I'll speak to Gerard again tomorrow. Um, I'm speaking to Gerard more than Mrs. at the moment. But um, so, yeah, get an update tomorrow and then pair. And yeah, Villa will be, out with, Villa will, 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 will be without Concert. So I think Chambers will probably slot in there. But um, yeah, it should be a tough one. Sunday, Newcastle. They we'll need to get back to winning ways. And um, they've got it going up there. So confident for Sunday, Matt, or reservations? I
0: was going to ask you about Sunday. Obviously, there's going to be one enforced change with, with Concert missing out cuz of the suspension and it does look like Chambers is the obvious you know right-sided right-sided defender right-sided center half who, who comes in and plays do you think and we've said that you know the defense there were obviously issues there villa conceded three three cheap goals we said the, the midfield that probably didn't you know establish control of the game the way we would have liked so villa could have forced their style on the game rather than Leeds forcing theirs you know these the these the ongoing Watkins versus Ings which one should should lead the line do you think Gerard should make changes beyond the the one that's that's forced upon him and if so what changes do you think they that they should be in your opinion
1: yeah he was give, give, i think Gerard said last night he said they really ran hard for me tonight. I think the villa's distances that they ran was the most they've been under Gerard so far they're all knackered basically and he needs to freshen things up for Sunday now. So I think I think your Morgan Santons might be in with a shout of coming in and stepping up and trying to prove a point. Um, I think the back four probably stay the same, and probably Douglas Louise may drop out. You know, try and freshen things up in there. Santon play the the six wall perhaps, and and yeah, interesting when the day comes through. It's Watkins and Ings it's gone about this every week. It's such a hot topic. Watkins wasn't people's cup of tea last night. Others, he worked hard and made that third goal with his run. So, and yeah, I mean that's not Gerard wanted to throw wings on at the end. He wanted to gamble and go for it, but he can't get it sent off. He couldn't. I
0: think he was stripped, wasn't he? I think he got his yeah, got yeah. his tracksuit off, ready ready yeah. to go. So, I wanted to bring him on. So,
1: yeah, I've, probably a couple of changes, you know, but um, I can't see wholesale. No.
0: Just looking at some of some of the comments that are dropping, John Dunn saying, "Yeah, drop drop Douglas Louise and play Sanson, Ian Slater." Bring Danny in, Danny Ings in over um, mm. over Ollie Watkins. So nice, nice potential solutions to have. It shows that Villa, you know, Villa do do have a squad now. I know we've we've got a lot of the kids who are being promoted to to, yep. to the bench now, but it it just shows that that Villa do do have those options. I think in terms of Sunday, I mean, probably playing Newcastle at the wrong time. In the in the sense that you know they've had that morale booster um, over against Everton with with Trippier in particular, you know, starting to 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 really really shine for those. I mean, I've still got a theory about Newcastle. I, I still I don't know whether this is wishful thinking. I, I want them to I want them to go down and to play to play Steve Bruce's West Bromwich Albion in next year's playoff final and to see to see how that goes. I've got <laughs> a fascinating fascinating thought about about how that could pan out, but I think Villa should still have the the quality to. To go there and to to cause to cause Newcastle real issues, to be honest. Yeah. So I think it's about ourselves and how we impose ourselves, rather than worrying about too much about whether they've uh, they've got a new new lease of life up there. But I think it does need to be a back to basics. You know, the 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 really well drilled defending that Villa were able to show at Goodison to get what I thought was a classic away away victory however many weeks ago. Mm. I think they need to do that first because if they've got that solid platform, I'll probably, I'll probably drop a curse on it now, but I can't see many games where Villa won't score going yep. forward now with that, you know, with that. I suppose you could probably almost call it an attacking quartet if Ramsey's going to be able to get forward like that. Um, mm. You know, whichever central striker he plays, wendy and Coutinho are alongside them and Ramsey being able to have the licence to... to to push on from midfield, I think we'll score. Probably have a massive. You remember the goal drought that we had under Lambert when people got yeah. the signs with the arrows. Oh, we'll, probably no, one, yeah. we'll probably have one of those now. But I can't see many occasions when, when Villa won't score. So if Villa can get back to basics and keep clean sheets, I think we. You know, I think that's the secure, secret of that was finishing this season with a, with a little bit of a flurry.
1: Yeah, good stat as well. Yesterday, um, we continued as well. Only West West Ham, Villa, and Liverpool scored in every home game this season. So, Villa are scoring for fun at home and, uh, yeah, hopefully this Sunday away as well. I don't know which Villa will turn up on Sunday, obviously. Went to Brentford and were disappointing. Um, last night, playing in spurts. I haven't seen a 90-minute performance from Villa in a long while yet. But Everton was good. Um, but Yeah, so, set-pieces is an issue for me as well. Obviously, Stroke getting in on the act yesterday as well. And I think LaSalle is a big threat from set-pieces. He scored against Everton, doing the bullet header. So, yeah, they need to sharpen up at the back, and that's something they're working on over the, next, over the next coming days. And yeah, I'm going up there quite confident. I think Matt Target won't play anyway, so he won't be cursing us up there. So, and yeah, I think I'm going there confident. Like you say, Villa can outscore teams. It's just the other end for me. They need to nip it in the bud and try and be a bit, box a bit clever. I think Gerrard will want, want that. And McGinn said yesterday, but he would have preferred a, an ugly 1 0 win last night as opposed to a thrilling six goal, 3 3, three draw. So, yeah, Villa need to get back to basics and box a bit clever, and um, hopefully they can just they can get back to many ways up on Tyneside.
0: What was Gerard's demeanour post match? Because I saw a little bit of the, the, you know, the two or three minutes they put on Villa Twitter with, with Jack Woodward interviewing him. I thought he'd probably be a little bit more frustrated and angry than he was when yeah. he came across in that. But I think he'd almost got it. He, he, almost not not a, not laughing about it, but almost the kind of. What can you do about a game? I think he said, didn't he, that, you know, I don't think either manager really had much control of what was yeah, going on in yeah. that game. I thought he might be more frustrated about a missed opportunity because I think Gerald's all about momentum and trying yeah. to trying to really kick on and move quickly. What was he like generally in the presser? Was he was he fairly philosophical about it all? or
1: He was, yes, but I was quite surprised as well. I thought he'd come, come in a bit, a bit really annoyed and, and start reading the right act a little bit. But he was, yeah, smiling on his face. He was, found, found the game quite funny how both players went at it. Um, and yeah, I think he found that, found that solid, very enjoyable for the neutral, like he said. But um, a funny bit, a funny bit for me from Gerard Presser was um, he's asked about Ramsey in England, and I've spoken about that, and he, he turned to us and said, "Listen, lads, just calm down. I don't want to give you any headlines at the moment. Just take it easy." And then about twenty seconds later, this kid's going to go play for England. I've obviously I've, I've, I've seen this before. He's got it all. You you, you know about it. So he's really, or just we just turned each other and and laughed. So it's quite funny. But Gerard's been great value. He really gives detail his answer. He's really uh, clear with his injuries. Um, gives really good updates. So, so yeah, I can't be more more pleased how it's going with Gerard as the gaffer for me and for us the fans, giving us crystal clear communication. But yeah, that bit on Ramage was funny last night. Let me tell you.
0: Just away from the actual what happened on the pitch last night, and I know you obviously get there a little little bit early, and you leave a little bit late because you're, you're grafting. Uh, <laughs> grafting, what a job. Uh, because you're, you're graft, grafting in the press box. But it seemed, last night, it seemed, in terms of the, the, the infrastructure around Villa, in terms of the, the, the car parking and the getting getting to the vicinity of Villa Park, seemed a nightmare. I mean, I don't know if really? interested in, the, in the comments whether people agree with this, but that, to me, if Villa... And, you, you know, we've seen Christian Perslow talking in recent months, I mean, about the issues at, at, at Witten, Witten Station and getting people away from it on public transport and how that needs to be improved. For me, if Villa have got serious designs about being a 50,000-seater capacity stadium at, at, at Villa Park mm. and being able that to be an enjoyable experience for people to get there, to park and to leave easily, the needs there's so much work to be done i mean i know we've got the issue with with lots of lots of the roads and the system around villa park and the wider Perry Bar area being looked at for the commonwealth games and stuff like that but it was just it was just, maybe it's just me it's just me being a grumpy old man because my journey was was particularly particularly poor but it, it just seemed chaos i mean i come come in from the the crown and cushion island and it was just gridlocked, just completely, yeah. completely gridlocked. And it's just it probably is me being a boring old man, but it just it ruins the root well, yeah. Li- Leeds leads, leads, leads equalising ruins the experience. But it just I think it needs to be it, it needs to be addressed if, if if Villa like I say want to increase the capacity of that stadium.
1: One hundred percent we we raised the issue back in one of Gerald's early games that he's in the queue and it was snaking all the way back up to the power league at one stage. Litchfield Road, really bad. We got we got the mayor on board, and Perdew obviously spoke about it, giving our article that we went out. And if you've got comments about travelling, get them in me now because I want to raise it again. For me, I'm, I'm five minutes away. I'm okay for me, but coming in from where you are, Matt and Perry Bar at the moment, an absolute nightmare. So even the tra- I don't know what the trains like as well. But I spoke to a lad who works at the village yesterday. He travelled up from An Hour and a half it took him, and he leaves early as well. So yeah, a big issue do you join any matt and door-to-door how yeah, just take, yeah seeing
0: that one comment there from Stephen. Stephen, when we missed the first half took two hours to get from oh, i'm on base tower zone as well and i come i come Hagley roadway and then touch the side of jewelry court and then then through Lazelles, and then come back down back down what used to be the the kind of overpass way down towards um Oh, it's that crown and cushion one stop yep. island and down yeah, Aston yeah. Lane that way. and it was fine to be honest. We flew most of that journey, and then as soon as you got to the kind of bit of dual carry, car- I mean, there was a, there was a there was an accident as well. I think mm. for some reason the fire truck had trashed, crashed, a, a fire branded vehicle had crashed into a fire engine, and so and there were fire and there were emergency services on the scene. So, but down there it was particularly it was Bad. particularly down the top of Aston Lane. Uh, there's a car park where people try and get on just off that island and it was just gridlocked and it meant that nobody could move around any part mm. of that uh, that traffic island um, but yeah, I just think it's I think I, I think I give people the benefit of give give the, whoever they are the powers that be, the authorities benefit the doubt because there's, there's a lot of changes happening because of the Commonwealth Games but this needs to be addressed going forward because getting 40,000 people, and it, it is 40,000 every single Week now, it is home game. getting forty thousand out of that in and out of that of that area at the moment is a problem if that becomes fifty thousand, if villa carry on in the tra- trajectory that we we hope they will it will become fifty thousand. it's just, just going to ruin the experience for people i mean we are just looking yeah. at a few more of these from brum, brum center it's a right nightmare you can see the ground but it's a 25 round 25 minute round trip from spaghetti um yeah, I've got to still got the right idea, parked up for 4.30 yeah. with his lad on a couple of couple of points in the Aston Inn. Uh, I, think that's <laughs> probably a, I mean, and again, it's a similar similar related but different related theme. At least around outside the Trinity Road part of the, of the stadium now, there's a lot of, you know, I don't think it's the Digbeth Dining Club, kind of a lot of the food stands. It's a more hospitable area now if yeah. you do want to get there early you can stop and have a drink, you can have something nice to eat. So I think Villa are doing great things in that way. I wonder if something could be done better post-match as well to disperse. But, you know, if you want to stay along and watch highlights of the game in the concourses with a pint or a coffee or whatever and disperse people at different times, I wonder if that could be something that Villa look at addressing or maybe something they're already looking at addressing going forward.
1: And they need to, yeah. I think they're looking at that right now. I mean, we haven't had plans into Birmingham City Council yet. I think Purslow spoke in November. He said, the guy in the stadium, upgrade and redevelopment, that was a month he said about within the next month so there's been a d- delay on that in terms of, of parking and whatnot I think you know, I've got to Tottenham and Arsenal's and, and stadiums like that, big stadiums in London and the public transport's much better N- no one drives to to the, to the football in London obviously but it's difficult given Birmingham's transport links it's very poor aren't they um, what's it the off for you, can you get the train from where you are Matt or is are driving the only option because it's good luck, isn't it, man? Grant Perry, and Aston.
0: Get the train in. I just don't like, from, from the stories that you've done and from the things I've seen on social media, I just wouldn't like the idea of getting the train late. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll go with my lad who's nearly 14 and his mates and, listen, they're allowed to stay up late, but you don't want to, in a midweek exactly. game, you don't want, you know, we got home for half 11 or something last night, but you mm. don't want to get him beyond midnight if you, if you can do it. Um, yeah. I don't know, I wonder... And it's different, you know, new new stadiums can probably have that facility where they can have much bigger open spaces and much better car parking on site. Yeah. I don't want Villa to move to a new stadium ever, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Uh, I want Villa to stay at Villa Park forever more because I'm, I'm a traditionalist. But I just wonder if, it's worth having a kind of, is it a park and ride thing that could could be on the table where, you know, one route, one route out of town is just ring fence solely for people on a park and ride who, who park however many, you know, three miles out of town or ever and do it like that. So you can Mm -hmm. get, you just need to kind of almost stagger how you, how you get people out of that, out of that stadium for me. Um, but yeah, let, let's hope let's hope this this, this does become a, a, a proper issue because Villa Villa continue on the rise that we hope we can do under under the current ownership and under Gerard and we do go fifty thousand seater capacity because I don't think that the, 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 the planning authorities will sign off on a fifty thousand seater until all of those things are addressed in yeah, association big issue, with it, really.
1: Big so, issues there. Um
0: mm. yeah, sorry, I've just uh, just wandered off wandered off into a little bit of a <laughs> bit, bit of a moan about me struggling to, to park last night, but uh, yeah. Well, Ash, we were at Newcastle, or you're at Newcastle um, on Sunday afternoon. I hope you have a good journey up there. I hope you yep. uh, hope you can get get there get there fairly fairly fast and park park fairly easily. And I hope you're reporting on a <laughs> on a Villa victory um, at, at St James's. But so until then, thanks for everybody who's watched. Thanks for everybody who's joined in in the comments. Um, And yeah, it's the the same old message from me. It's up the Villa.